Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. A few weeks ago, Jim started with a quote by W.H. Auden, and I'm going to start with just a line by him today, and the line goes like this. Nothing that can save us is possible. Nothing that can save us is possible. This is the message of Advent. Now, sure, there are many messages of Advent, but this is the central one. We need a power outside of ourselves to make right all that has gone wrong. We need an invasion from another sphere to put to right what is going on in our own. In other words, my friends, you and I need to be reminded that the reason we come here this morning is not because St. George's Church is so lovely, which it is, If I was an unbeliever, I would come and sit in one of these pews to take a rest from the energy and the chaos from out there. But that, my friends, is not enough. We are here because we believe that Jesus is alive. That something that was not possible happened that Jesus rose from the dead, that God in Christ invaded this dark world. My friends, the collect goes like this. Give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. This collect, this prayer, this prayer for the first Sunday of Advent is what Thomas Cranmer wanted Christians to pray every day during the season of Advent. We are told in the text that we're going to read over the next couple weeks, be watchful, wake up, repent, confess your sins. When we hear these things, we immediately take the onus off of Christ and put it onto us. And again, it's not that we aren't given things to do. Look at the reading that we just read. The reading tells us to not give way to drunkenness, but also not give way to worry. Now, we New Yorkers were probably, you know, we give way to both. But I think a lot of times we in the church, we think more of drunkenness as a sin than worry. My friends, the message of Advent, when we are told to be like watchmen awaiting the dawn, because we are, in fact, in the darkness, a lot of times when we hear that, we think, well, what that means is I need to add to my list another project to save the world. And if that's what God is calling you to do, then that is awesome. But I come before you as someone who is no Martin Luther King Jr. I am no Moses. I am a non-heroic person. 
What speaks to me, and what I think with the message of Advent, what we see in these texts really is, is more like what St. Kristen Bell says in Frozen 2. We're doing the next right thing. Or our friends in AA tell us, we're putting one foot in front of the other. When you think of the metaphor that we're given to be watchmen, to wait, to stay awake, it's oftentimes not very active, right? Watchmen are pretty passive. Sure, there's you know, staying awake. I mean, the disciples couldn't do that, but we're told to do that. We're told to stay awake, to be watchful. Again, you and I, so often we turn this into, well, what do I do? Especially we New Yorkers, right? We can't sit down for more than two seconds. But really, what we are told to do, if you want to call it that at all, is in the last paragraph of our passage from Luke. It says, be alert at all times, but how are we to be alert? Praying that we might have the strength to escape all these things that will take place. Did you hear the first paragraph of this text? There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. When I was younger, in my church, we were told, this is all stuff that's going to happen in the future. We've got to be ready for the rapture and when Jesus will come again. But what this passage is telling us is that this is happening right now. This has been happening since the resurrection. We saw a little bit of this the day after Thanksgiving. right? We had the turkey. We ate too much. Maybe you were the family or friends. You're feeling good. The next day, a new variant. All of our vaccines might not work. The stock market goes down two and a half percent. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. People will faint from fear and foreboding. There was a whole lot of fear and foreboding on Friday. And I'm not trying to say that was, was dumb or people were being stupid. New variants are serious. That said... Part of the message of Advent, part of the message of our faith, is that we've been aware that we've been living in the end times for 2,000 years. And I'm reminded, I'm convicted myself, when I saw the stock market went down 2%, when I heard about this new variant, for about five hours, all I could think about was, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Holy moly, I'm freaking out. All that faith that I think I have... All that, as the colic says, the casting of the way, away of the works of darkness, the putting on of the armor of light, all of that gone. But look at the end of the first paragraph of this text. When these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. My friends, if we do not believe that Jesus is alive, this is foolishness. We should cover our heads. We should run in fear. We should hoard everything for ourselves because, well, no one's looking out for me but me. The message of this text is that 
we should expect these things. Now, I didn't expect this thing, and I get surprised all over again, but the, look at these texts that we're going to read over the next couple weeks. And if that's not enough, look at the other two years, because we're in a three-year cycle for the Advent readings. We're in one of them. There are two other years that have texts exactly like this. The lectionary creators save the apocalyptic texts for the time of Advent. It's weird, right? Outside, we're celebrating the birth of Christ with sentimental Christmas songs, and inside, we are talking about the end of the world. It's all those doomsday movies that are happening in here, while out there, we're singing jolly songs. Now, don't get me wrong, I love the jolly songs. I'm going to have a Christmas tree. St. Fleming Rutledge, I think you said you were going to be watching. I'm so sorry. I can't help myself. I love Christmas before the Christmas season. But I think that she is right when she says, all right, we've got to live in both worlds. Just like we're sinners and saints at the same time. Just like we're singing all the Christmas tunes and love Rockefeller Center and all the lights and the, the windows. If that was it, that's no hope at all. It's just denial for what's coming. It's putting our face in the sand, pretending to drown out the fact that there might be a new variant that could be terrible. Might be overblown. Might be terrible. We don't seem to know yet. But the message of Advent, the message that the whole point of it is for you and me to confess, to repent, to watch, to wait, is to stare reality in the face. As Gerhard Ferde likes to say, we call a spade a spade. And we can do this because we have hope. Because we believe that Jesus is alive. Because we know that the invasion has occurred. And that while nothing that can save us is possible, a man who is dead has been raised. And so you and I will be too. And that is why, my friends, while the rest of the world, they're either you know, in denial or in despair, you and I can raise our heads. We can stand because when we see these things happening, redemption is nearer. Or as Paul says, after he says, because Thomas Cramer is just ripping off of St. Paul about casting away the works of darkness, putting on the armor of light. The line that comes right after that is, redemption is closer now than when we first believed. Don't get me wrong, friends. What I'm not trying to say is beat yourself up because you got a, became afraid. What I'm not trying to say is, you know, don't put money away. Don't think about the future. What I'm trying to say is that when bad stuff happens, Ben DeHart realizes that he has idols. That I put my trust in these things far more than I do in the Lord who is alive. But thanks be to God that... When we leave this place and we forget to cast away the works of darkness, we forget to put on the armor of life, we have one who was righteous and who has given us 
His righteousness. Because this is part of the invasion too. For some of the other texts of Advent are, all our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. And that's the thing we got to remember when we turn these Advent texts into projects to save the world. Fleming Rutledge, who I'm going to quote again, gives this illustration about Grand Central Station in the 80s and how there was the, the second level was where all the upper class people had their drinks waiting to get on the train to go back into the burbs and the the first level was where you know where all the benches were and all the homeless and the derelict and you know this and that were and she said one day it dawned upon her that wow this is a picture of human society here we the righteous are on the second tier looking down at all the unrighteous and yet when she looked around a little closer she saw that even on the second tier there were there was a couple having an argument there was a man drinking alone obviously intoxicated there were folks who were just not okay she began to see that the distinction between the righteous and the unrighteous was right there in front of her and that the interesting thing is that the righteous on the second floor would at times come down to the first floor to give a sandwich to the homeless. And some of the homeless people, they didn't want it. And so that person on the second tier said, to hell with these people. I tried to do a good thing. In fact, Fleming said that that person was herself. And that she started to go up the stairs. But as she went up the stairs, she got saved by a random homeless woman who said, I will take the sandwich. And she said it was at that moment that she heard the voice of Jesus in that person's voice. She came down to save, but that person ended up saving her. For she, in her righteous action, thought that she was one of the righteous. Forgot that the playing field had been leveled. That there is a third tier that makes the first and second tiers in Grand Central Terminal all the same. We need an invasion from outside. We need saving from something that's not possible. We need a righteousness that is not our own. We need a world changer who is not one of us. We need Jesus who rectifies all that has gone wrong. And not just out there, but in here. My friends, ultimately, we are told to wait and watch because we are not in denial and because we are not in despair, but because we are confident and hopeful that this Lord who invaded the cosmos once will invade it again. And he will make you right and me right. He will heal us and he will heal our world. And as we act in this world, as we put one front foot in front of the other, as we do the next right thing, ultimately we just put our hope in what he's doing. So my friends, if 
if you need something to do when you leave these doors, don't add another project to change the world. Maybe take Thomas Cramer's advice and say this collect every day until December 24th. And when you find yourself not casting away the works of darkness, not putting on the armor of light, not doing the next right thing, not putting one foot in front of the other, remember, the invasion has occurred. Jesus is alive. And he is the one who is doing what no one else can. Nothing that can save us is possible. But we serve the one who raises the dead and brings into existence the things that do not exist. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.